When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome on into the Wolverine.com podcast. Clayton Safey here with Anthony Broom and Chris Ballas here on a big game week for the Michigan Wolverines in Ann Arbor. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure to drop a like. Let's get this video to 500 likes. Hit that thumbs up if you believe Michigan's going to pull out a top 10 victory over Penn State this weekend. Number five, and the, Chris has given his thumbs up there, so smash that like button. Hit the subscribe button as well. Number five, Michigan against number 10, Penn State, uh, I mean, this is kind of what things have been building towards uh, for Penn State and Michigan uh, on both sides over the last few weeks. Penn State, talking to some guys on our Penn State on three site, their staff, they said as soon as that Auburn game was done a few weeks ago, all the focus shifted towards Michigan from the fan base. And Michigan, you know, a little tougher having to go to Iowa um, over the last couple of weeks, but the focus is now here in this game and it's going to be a tough challenge Michigan's toughest test yet of course um and we can start there with the offense uh against what is a very good Penn State defense part of this we're you know past the halfway point of the season but you still look at the stats and while Penn State hasn't played a tough schedule Michigan hasn't played the toughest schedule so it's hard to totally judge where things are at but Penn State's done a great job stopping the run on defense. They've done a great job of making their opponents pass. They faced the most pass attempts per game in the country, 45.2, and they've been really good against the pass, 5.8 yards per attempt, which ranks 12th. Um, great defensive backfield. Joey Porter Jr. at corner is going to be a first-round pick next spring, in my opinion. So uh, they've got kind of the makings of a very good defense that could challenge this Michigan offense. Make it tough for Blake Corn to run the football. Uh, you know, put the game in JJ McCarthy's hands even more. If Michigan gets off schedule, I think it could be tough. But what do you guys see from you know this matchup of the Michigan offense going up against Penn State's defense? Yeah, I want to see if first of all, if Michigan can stop the run. And I think they, you know, Nick Singleton's been good uh, against a couple of bad teams. I was looking at the the uh, rushing ranks of of some of the teams that he put up big numbers on, and they're terrible. I think Auburn's what ninety second in the country against the run, and I think Ohio is 99th. So, but uh, you, you don't know. Uh, Auburn going down to Auburn and winning guys in that environment is still impressive. Uh, you know the way they did it. So um, I'm just not certain if that was the anomaly because I watched their other games and I I didn't see anything stand out. There was nothing really special about them. Uh, I think Singleton, uh, you know, a freshman back. Is Michigan going to let a freshman back come in here and run wild? I don't know if he's that good. And I don't think their offensive line is that good. So uh, I think maybe. Michigan's got an advantage there. And as much as we talk about the Penn State defense, uh, who have they shut down? Who have they had to shut down? I think Purdue moved the ball like crazy on them, probably should have won that game. Granted, it was the first game of the year. So, and the last time I thought, boy, Michigan's going to have a, have trouble moving the ball on the ground was Iowa and they flat out punked them up front. And uh, granted, again, Iowa's not the Iowa of old. They weren't as physical and as good, but they're still, if you look at their defensive numbers, that was the one area, one game in which they didn't play well. So I think this Michigan offensive line is going to take this as a personal challenge. Losing Trente Jones, I think hurts because I think he was a better run blocker. Uh, Carson Barnhart was a little slow in his sets last week, but uh, I like Michigan to win the ground game and thus win this football game. 
Yeah, my early take is echoing a lot of those similar things. I mean, for me, I look at matchups in a game like this. You know, a guy like like Mike Sainer still has played really well, but now he's going to play probably the best slot receiver that he's seen all year uh, in Parker Washington, who I believe, uh, Clay, I saw does most of his damage out of the slot there. So that's a yep. matchup that you're going to be looking at. Obviously, Joey Porter Jr., you imagine, uh, you know, gets that assignment against Ronnie Bell. Um, this is going to be a game where, again, I know that Michigan – Michigan fans are kind of, you know, Penn State is going to stack to stop up the run and load the box and all those things. And people say, oh, well, let JJ, let JJ sling it, throw it down the field. And to me, it, it's it's similar to Iowa in that I don't know that you're just stepping back, closing your eyes and letting the ball rip down the field. But I do think that this coaching staff is going to have to scheme some of those guys wide open, whether it be through the quick game, uh, through the pa- uh, play action, through the crossing route, some of the stuff that we saw when Michigan started to get cooking on offense last week. So those are, those are things to all keep an eye on. I think from a run, a uh, run game perspective, again, Penn state's run defense has been tremendous from a statistical standpoint. I think they have the guys up front to get the job done, but again, you know, they've played my alma mater and CMU and they've played Ohio and, and Purdue and, and they've put in a sloppy game against Northwestern. Like those, I don't know that those guys have been, I won't say they haven't been tested there, but this is obviously the best run team, the best offensive line that Penn State will have seen so far. So I do think that, um, you know, if Blake Corm is kind of on this trajectory that he's at, I do think that we might see him have a Heisman type moment on Saturday or, or just a play that you throw in that highlight reel like that run at Indiana last week. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be tough. Uh, it's obviously the toughest game of the year. This is I've been saying it all week. It's one of those Big Ten East pecking order games you know if ohio state is it's weird to say michigan's the defending champion so you'd say they're at the top of the pecking order but if you consider ohio state to be the favorite these games in october uh, or these you know mid-october late october early november games you're playing for the right for your respective game against the buckeyes to matter the most so that's what's on the line on saturday i think that uh you know at least offensively i i there's something about this group where pressure has brought out the best of them, whether it's in the non-conference. Hey, you guys are only going to get two quarters to play, so you better make the most of it. Or, hey, Maryland's kind of, you know, turn it, cranking the heat up on you. You guys better figure it out and step up. Or at Iowa, let's come out and make a make a statement. Indiana, all right, we're up against it in the locker room. Time to hammer down. You know, every time the screws have kind of been tightened on this group, offensively, defensively, I, I've liked their counterpunch. And, um you know, in that regard, I think that they are a little more tested than Penn State is uh, through the, through this early part of the season. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yeah. And in that regard, you hope they don't have to counterpunch because Penn State, I think, is good enough to get a lead and kind of lean on that. That's kind of been their formula, too. These teams have the same formula of basically getting ahead, you know, being able to make your opponent pass, pin your ears back. And then, uh, you know, on the other side of the, the ball, be able to run the football and, you know, kind of pass off of that. So, I think you're right. But when you talk about good defenses and both teams have good to great defenses in this game, I mean, it's typically been 
the better offense that wins out and Michigan's edge there with the offensive line, which I think is huge. And then the other side of the ball with the defense being able to play behind this crowd, I think could push Michigan over the top uh, in a, in a game like this. But uh, let's talk a little bit more about Sean Clifford. It's amazing that this is his fourth start against Michigan. You just don't see that that often. Usually a guy that starts as a freshman either goes pro by his junior year or transfers somewhere else. Um, but, you know, he started starting a couple years into his career, has, you know, basically seen everything in this league, and he's done a pretty good job. Yeah, it's only his fourth start against Michigan. So, um, you know, he's done a good job this year. And for all the talk about, oh, when is that backbreaking mistake coming? When is Sean Clifford going to screw us from the Penn State fan base? He hasn't done that yet this year. Again, he hasn't been in those types of situations yet and hasn't faced a crowd like this you know, yet this season and a team like this. So that's going to be huge. I think if J.J. McCarthy can stay clean against a Penn State defense that forces a lot of turnovers, they forced 11 over the last three games, which is pretty incredible, uh, you know, then Michigan can win this game. If Sean Clifford uh, you know, plays clean, then I think it's going to come down to the wire and Penn State will have a chance to win the game at the end. Um, so outside of the run game, I guess, which we already kind of touched on, what do you guys see from Sean Clifford? He's got a good slew of, of receivers around him. Parker Washington, as you mentioned, Anthony. Brenton Strange from the tight end position is really good with four touchdowns this year. They've been really good in the red zone capitalizing, which could be huge in this game too. Uh, and the red zone defense is good, but uh, what do you see more so from the Penn State offense? I'm going to quote Doc Holliday here and say, I beg to differ, sir, about the uh, the the – a venue. Uh, if you look at Purdue, I thought that they came out. Purdue had a great venue, and he made one of those crushing mistakes. Hutch will correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he had a pick six or something that gave Purdue the lead late in that game, and uh, he had to rally from it. Now, to his credit, he made a uh, they. I think what they called Gus Johnson or somebody called the, the greatest uh, the greatest play plays that he'd ever seen, greatest drive that he'd ever seen, or whatever. Yeah, exactly. So followed up with a great game-winning drive, but he had that bone-crushing mistake where, you know, Penn State Twitter was blowing up and saying, oh my God, can this guy just retire already, you know, and, and go to the <laughs> Didn't home. cost him, though. It didn't, didn't cost him the be, game. Well, And it, I would it, not compare Purdue's venue. I mean, Michigan's venue is much better than Purdue's. Uh, in, ter- in terms of being loud, uh, that was loud. That was a great crowd on a Thursday night. Now Purdue does isn't always like that, and we've been to Michigan game, Purdue games where you know it's a late arriving crowd, and even the student section isn't full. I was impressed on a Thursday night, and I thought, okay, uh, especially down the stretch, they were extremely loud. So, but the one thing about him is that he came back and he led the he led the game winning drive in that environment. And I give him credit for that. So, uh, but he did make that bone crushing mistake, and you know he seems to be good for one of those every now and then. At the same time, I don't think he's as appreciated as he should be by the Penn State fans just for the beating he's taken. What Michigan have seven sacks last year? Yep. I think that kid was in pain. You could tell at the end of that game. So I like him. Uh, I I don't think he's a great quarterback by any stretch of the imagination. But when you talk about great quarterbacks across college football, you know, there are there are some and then you've got that next tier and then you've got guys like Sean Clifford that just do a lot to win a lot of games. So uh, we'll see. This is his biggest test. And I'm guessing that he grows a lot on those Penn State fans. If he wins this game this week, this is a really big one for him. Yeah. Or he doesn't. And they freak out and Great. say they need to play Drew Aller like exactly. what we saw last year. So um, it's interesting to me that like when we do, we're doing our podcast here and, and we're talking to people in our fan base and we go, Oh God, you know, Sean Clifford, I'm worried about this guy. He's, he's gritty. He just gets the job done. He wins. And 
I, I go through, I look at the stats and, you know, on the, on the, on the flip side, you know, all this discourse over, you know, again, I hate to bring this up again, but what Cade McNamara did at Michigan last year, Michigan's fan base kind of bashed him a little bit. So it's like, the truth is the, the truth is probably somewhere in the middle of that, you know, these are just good gritty guys that have won a lot of games and do what it takes within the confines of, of their team and their scheme to get the job done. And that's, that's the type of quarterback that Sean Clifford is. I mean, I, if you're Michigan, I think getting out to a fast start in this game is critical. Cause I don't know that this is a, you know, if you get Penn state down, I don't know that they're leaning on Sean Clifford to throw you back, throw them back into the game. So it's one of those things where a fast start, I think is going to be critical for them. I mean, he does, he does the little things very well and, and he doesn't make a ton of mistakes. He's, um, I think the term that Jim Harbaugh used on the radio show this week is that he's seen a lot of balls kicked off at the start of a game. Yep. Um, so he's he is exactly what that Penn State offense needs right now in the same way McNamara was exactly what Michigan needed in that game last year at Penn State where you just got to run the offense. I mean, your running game is, is good. Your defense is good. Run the offense, make smart plays, and don't make the mistake that costs your team a game. And that to me is the big, I mean, that's really the storyline for both of these quarterbacks for JJ McCarthy, for Sean Clifford. Um, you know, Michigan is going to be tested by that run game. It's, it's the best running team that we've seen them play so far this year. Uh, I think they'll be up for the challenge though. I, I, like I said before, I think that there's something about this group that when the lights are the brightest or when the pressure is being cranked up the most on them, they, there's a sense of urgency there where they kind of lock in. It's, you know, now it's where maybe if they get up to a couple score lead in this game, you worry about them coasting or or not playing well. But um, I really just think that we haven't seen this Michigan team play a full 60 minute game yet. And there's been so much crap, so much discourse about the non-conference and, uh, you know, they fall in the rankings last week after a, a three score victory on the road, which I don't care who you are. I don't care who you're playing. That's tough to do in any conference in any setup um, this I'm waiting to see. A, I, I've said this to you guys before. I've been waiting to see a little more of an edge with this Michigan team. And I think this is the week we start to see that. Yeah. And not to you know continue to talk up Sean Clifford, but he finally now has a run game to lean on. I mean, looking at the stats last year, they ran for just 1400 yards as a team. They have over 900 through five games this season. So that has helped him out as well uh, too. And, that's why I think it's so important for Michigan to stop the run because we kind of know what the Penn State offense is when it has to be one-dimensional. And Sean Clifford at this point, uh, again, talking to Nate Bauer from Blue White Illustrated, he said at this point it is what it is when Sean Clifford gets pressured. He's just so shell-shocked uh, you know, when pressure especially comes through the middle. He cannot make a play, and, you, and the st- uh, stats bear that out when he's under pressure. And the Penn State offense line, I know it's improved, but that was a low bar. Uh, for them last season, he's still under pressure a third of the time, which is a, a pretty high rate. You compare that with JJ, it's around 15, 18%, something like that. So, um, you know, I think there's an opportunity there for Michigan's pass rush, which, which has really improved over the last six quarters of play to get home. Uh, but again, it does start with that run wall that Jim Harbaugh keeps talking about. And then Michigan's done a good job with, you know, to this point in the season. Um, anything else before we get to our picks, uh, on this matchup that you guys, uh, think is interesting? 
Yeah, I just don't know how good this Michigan run defense is yet, even though they're ranked seventh in the right. country because they haven't played anybody, right? And they, they're playing teams that want to air it out 49 times. They started with the air raid, Colorado State. I think uh, Indiana aired it out 49 times, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, I think a couple of teams abandoned the run a little bit too soon, frankly. I thought Maryland could have had more running success as well. So it's going to be interesting to see what the strategy is for both teams. Uh, mm-hmm. and how it's approached and how good this Michigan run defense is, because if they do shut Penn state down, you'll feel a little bit better, uh, obviously going into the other games on the schedule. Not that there are a ton of, of teams that are going to run on them or throw on them. Let's be honest. The schedule is not as tough this year, but uh, you know, we're all pointing to that Ohio state game, you know, and how that's going to play out. So uh, if they can continue to get uh, pass rush and if they can continue to stop the run, then you're going to feel much better about that game at the end of November. Yeah, and I'm just of the opinion in games like this, you know, football is, is starting to, especially with the way it, it's officiated, a good, a, a great offense will beat a great defense now if you have yeah. great coaching, great play calling, things like that. And, you know, all things being held equal, the, both of these teams have a lot of the same questions, especially as it pertains to, you know, the run defense and things like that. But um, I just feel like, I feel like we're finally like this there's another layer to unlock offensively with, you know, the, we need to see more misdirection. We need to see more play action. All of the numbers bear that out. I'm sure they see it too. Last week, Michigan had a bit of an epiphany in the second half in Indiana where it's like, you know what, let's throw a little bit more on our quarterback's plate and see what he can do. And he made the one mistake, but you know, like we talked in our Monday show, he comes back 10 for 10, 104 yards, two touchdowns it's it's time to stop being risk averse and just let let this team be what it's going to be call it smartly but don't um i i think we're going to see that next gear this week is is the long and short of it yeah and it's a fine line because you know one mistake could hurt you especially in a game that there could be a small margin for error and i think that michigan you know, a lot of this coaching staff and their mentality is on trust and who do they, there's nobody on the team they trust more than Blake Corum and really that offensive line. So I think, you know, that's, that plays a part too. And, you know, I I do think we're going to see some of those wrinkles, some more play action, some more things off of what they've already done to this point. Um, But, you know, I still think they want to get that ground game going, which, you know, is disappointing to some people, but you look at the results and the way they've done it. It's been pretty successful over the last you know year and a half at least. Exactly. And it doesn't mean, you know, making adjustments doesn't just mean, you know, okay, now we're going to pass instead of run. It means doing some different lit things off the looks that you show in the run game, you know, maybe a little bit of misdirection, like Anthony said, or maybe you run some different looks, uh, some different running plays out of formations that you usually run a certain play. So I think we're going to see more of that. We've seen that. We've seen that Jim Harbaugh do that against Ohio state. We saw it last year, a ton. So it's those nuances. It's not, it doesn't have to be a drastic change, but it's those little nuances that can get you six, seven yards, you know, if Penn State is, is expecting something else and reading their keys. So that's what I'm looking for as well. And I think this is the week that they turn the page of the playbook to get to that page. Yeah, and just one last final point to sum up what I was saying better. Through six games, that's where you start to build tendencies. And, and that's, you know, the big, obviously you have a large swath of data to kind of pull from if you're an opposing team. This is the type of game, and this is really the start, the time of the year where you start to break tendency a little bit. So that's something I'm going to be keeping a close eye on. Thank you to Joel Klatt for me having to listen and hear the word tendency about 400 times this week. So um, that's kind of been the buzzword of the week. But let's get to our predictions for this game and uh, talk about who's going to break out on each side of the ball. But before we do, 
we want to shout out our sponsor, Prize Picks. Football is back. It's been back for a while now, but there isn't a better way to enjoy watching your favorite team than by playing daily fantasy with our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the simplest form of real money daily fantasy sports and just pits you against the numbers. Whether you're a fantasy sports nut or a casual fan looking to add some excitement to the games, Prize Picks is the perfect game for you. It's the best way to have action on the game in states like Michigan, Kentucky, Alabama, Florida, Texas, Georgia, and over 70% of the United States. Prize Picks is currently operational in over 30 states and Canada, not Ontario. You simply select two to five players and predict if they will go more or less than their Prize Picks projection. Uh, you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. If you're watching on YouTube, Hutch has the uh, Prize Picks site pulled up there. Good looking stuff. You can uh, filter through everything. Uh, this week, I will be taking Ronnie Bell. More than four and a half receptions. He's become that favorite target. Uh, for J.J. McCarthy. And then I'm going to take Brenton Strange, uh, Penn State tight end, more than three receptions in this game as well. Michigan's had a, a little bit of issue uh, guarding tight ends. We saw that against Iowa, so I'll take that. But what do you guys have for your prize picks this week? I've got J.J. McCarthy, Michigan, more than 220.5 passing yards. I think that uh, Penn State is going to uh, not sell out to stop the run, but I think they'll have some success slowing the run, and I think McCarthy's going to have to throw more. So, And then I've got Drew Pine, Notre Dame, uh, less than 235.5 passing yards. Uh, I don't know why. Uh, he just popped up, and so I picked it. Yeah, I didn't feel like, <laughs> you know what, I, I wish it was a rhyme and reason. I wish I could sit here and lie to you and tell you that I've watched every Notre Dame game. But, uh, but yeah, I probably just because I wish for it to happen. So there you have it. Yeah. <laughs> That's analysis you can't get anywhere exactly. else. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I'm with, sure. I'm with Ballas. I'm on more than uh, 220.5 yards for JJ McCarthy. I, I'm keeping both of my picks in this game this weekend, uh, sticking with that more than 220.5 for JJ McCarthy. And then for Sean Clifford, I'm going less than 200.5. So I think Michigan's pass defense is in for uh, a big game on Saturday. So those are my picks for this week. That would be pretty big. Um, failed to mention Hutch's picks. Quinn Ewers, Texas quarterback, more than 19 and a half completions. And Sean Clifford, Penn State quarterback, more than 16 and a half completions. And while we are at it, uh, we will add in Hutch's pick for this game. He's a big Penn State fan as uh, listeners of the show no, he actually has Michigan winning 31 to 27. Um, and I, he left that in my hand. So I could be making that up, but that is his actual pick. And he did uh, do some research. So we call him the research team at times, sometimes in jest. But um, I want to read off some great stats that Hutch provided us with. Five of Michigan's opponents are 98th or worse in scoring offense, four have been 121st or worse. They're holding quarterbacks to 49% completion. That's Penn State. Uh, they're 35th in rushing offense. They're 17-1 and one when Clifford attempts 29 passes or less. So run the football. If you're Michigan, the key to stop the run. Um, they're 1-5 when Clifford attempts 35 or more passes. And Penn State has not beaten the top five team on the road since 1994. So our research team was all over that. We appreciate it. Chris? Let me add something to that. You know who that opponent yeah. was? It was at Michigan Stadium was, on, yeah, October, the on October 15th, yep. and they were a top-10 team. So it was the actual same date, uh, just, what, 94-04-14, what, 28 years later? So now maybe they're due, and maybe that's a sign. So we'll see. They have a chance. Um, so seven-point favorites. Uh, Michigan at home over-under is 51 points. 
Uh, we had Hutch's prediction there. I got Michigan winning a four-point game, 24-20, to 20, similar kind of to last year, like an old school where you hated watching that game in the moment. It was frustrating. Uh, there was a fake kick. Uh, you had all sorts of crazy stuff. But at the end, it came down to who was tougher, who was mentally tougher, who was physically tougher, and the team that made some of those plays at the end. Penn State made a great play, strip sack, that you know could have won them the game, but Michigan battled back. I think we're going to see some big plays at the end to decide this thing. And again, the edges for Michigan, in my opinion, are an offensive line that's going against this great run defense that you know kind of relishes in opportunities like this. We've seen that over the last year and a half. And two, that home crowd. Uh, you know, Michigan has won 24 out of its last 25 home games with fans in the stands. They've won 11 straight. This has been a great home field advantage. A um, little better than Purdue's home field advantage. But Chris, what do you have for your pick? You think so? But you listen to the if you listen to the noise in that stadium compared to the noise sometimes in. The I've been there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's yeah. okay. That, that night it was fantastic. So I actually watched that game in Westphalia with the wonderful people of uh, of Westphalia. So they are uh, great people. What I, we do? I what do we do? Lose Anthony? Yeah, well, I think so, we did lose him. Uh, okay. Um, okay. I've got Michigan twenty-seven to nineteen. I think uh, they're going to do a good job keeping them out of the end zone. I think Penn State will move the ball some. But uh, I like Michigan at home. Jim Harbaugh wins these games. I think they turn the page a little bit, and I think they have enough running success to uh, come out of there with a win. And okay. I know that Anthony had them winning pretty yeah. big. I will speak for him in stat picks. He had Michigan 38-24, to 24, I believe. So uh, he thinks it's going to be a hammering. And uh, you know what? If they score 38 points on this defense, then I'm a believer. For sure. And I think it could get to that point. Like, Penn State winning the game would not overly surprise me, but Michigan winning by a couple scores wouldn't overly surprise me either. And I believe we have Anthony back after a technical issue. There he is. So, uh, we just no read idea. off your pick. I have no but, idea what the hell just happened. Um, yeah. I told everybody that you. I told everybody that you picked. Uh, uh, where are we at here? <laughs> yeah, I told everybody you picked Penn State to win forty-two to seven. So. Yep. We did read off your pick, though. Can you hear us, Anthony? I can hear you. Uh, okay. I have no idea what's going on here. Um, apparently, I'm being I'm being <laughs> attacked from the wind outside. Um, so you, you read my pick, so I should explain my pick. Or did sure, you my yep. sure. Yeah, um, I I'm either gonna be the biggest like the biggest soothsayer in in the market or the biggest idiot. I'm not sure which one, but there's just something about this game to me that feels like you know when Penn State has come to Ann Arbor. Uh, the last couple times, not, you know, the COVID game, notwithstanding it's been lopsided and I'm not, I'm not going all the way there, but I do feel like this is a game where, you know, Michigan maybe has a defensive touchdown or, you know, we see them finally connect on a couple of those deep balls. And uh, yeah, I, I see, I, I see a tight game where Michigan pulls away late and, 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 you know, it's a bit of a statement game. So that's, that's why I picked the 38, 24. Um, it can be roasted. I'm sure, making that pick alone has already made, I know it's made Chris Ballas's anxiety go through the roof and I'll hear about it. The second that, you know, someone fails to get off the field on third down or something sure. on Saturday, but um, that's what my gut says. And I'm sticking to it. I like it. Yeah, no great stuff. So uh, glad we were able to get you back on there. Whatever happened. Um, offensive player of the game in this one. Um I could pick any number of guys on the offensive line, but I'm going to go with Zach Zinter 
who's kind of a road grader, a great run blocker. I think he's going to have a nice game. And those guys in the interior are going to have a big challenge going up against P.J. Mustafer, Penn State's you know outstanding nose tackle. And I think Zach Sinter will get the job done. So I'm going to go with the guy up front. But I think the offensive line overall will play well. Yeah, he had a rough game last week. He had a false start. He had a holding penalty. Yep. So he's got to he's got to pick it up. He's got to play like the Zach Center. We know he is. I'm going to go with Blake Corum. I think Corum's going to going to have come up big behind that offensive line, and uh, I'm going to go with him. You're going out on a limb there. Not really. Yeah. yeah. It's I was gonna, I was actually leaning Corum. Uh, he didn't play in that game last year at Penn State. Yep. Um Hassan Haskins did and had 31 carries for 156 yards. Uh, do I see 150 yards? I'm not sure, but as I said, it, you know, it's in the staff pick on the website. And I said it earlier in the pod, I think I could see Blake Corum having one of those long runs and having one of those quote unquote Heisman moments. But um, so he's certainly won uh, Luke Schoonmaker, a game like this. This is a Luke Schoonmaker game. Last year was the Eric all game. Uh, Luke Schoonmaker is going to make a big play in this football game and might be, Sands Ronnie Bell, this team's most reliable offensive uh, weapon through the air right now. So I'll go with Scooney. He has been during the Big Ten season. He has 20 catches over the last three games, which is incredible. And, you know, I asked him about that this week, and he said his chemistry with J.J. McCarthy continues to grow. He was all smiles talking about just how good J.J.'s been. Uh, and I'm sure he, he doesn't mind a quarterback that's getting him the ball 20 times in three games. So, uh, so that's a good pick, uh, on the defensive side of the ball. Um, plenty of options here, given, you know, what this matchup is finally a balanced team. Um, I think DJ Turner from the corner spot is going to be able to, uh, make a couple pass breakups in this game and, uh, and maybe have an interception, but I think it is going to be that low scoring type of game. The defenses are going to shine. And I think DJ Turner will make a couple big plays. I think Mozzie Smith is going to be a beast in this game against that offensive line and collapse that pocket and have a really good game uh, in clogging those run lanes. I think I'm going to go with him. Similar to my staff pick, this could go either way, but I'm going to go with Mike Saner still having a big day in coverage against Parker Washington. So He's been so good, and he's a guy that – like sometimes you don't even notice it and that's a compliment to you know a defensive back at times as well um let's get out of here real quick with some picks from around the country a great slate of college football this weekend probably the best of the season in my opinion we have alabama at tennessee number three at number six tennessee a seven point uh underdog at home over under 65 and a half so expect a decent amount of scoring. Bryce Young is questionable. He's practiced this week. He's progressing. Uh, AC joint injury to the shoulder. Really torn. Uh, this is kind of the Tennessee game where if they win, I mean, they accelerate. Their rebuild is basically over. Um, you know, if they don't, then you could argue, and they could potentially spiral. You could argue they're kind of the same old Tennessee. But I got Alabama uh, under the assumption that Bryce Young is going to play and uh, but I don't feel great about it. I'm pretty torn. If if he plays and plays okay, I think uh, Alabama wins by at least two scores. If he doesn't, I think Tennessee has a great chance to pull the upset. How's that? I like it. Uh, it's a hedge. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with. Uh, I think Tennessee will cover in this game. I do think Alabama will win, uh, regardless of result in this game. Uh, Tennessee is in is in great hands. I think uh, Josh Heupel is a tremendous coach and. I said this on the board earlier today that uh, you know it's it's amazing how things turn around from them where you start just trying to win football games instead of winning your head coach's introductory press conference. So 
Uh, good on them, uh, but they won't win this week. But they will cover. Okay, I like it. Yeah, Josh Heupel's done a great job. Uh, Oklahoma State at TCU. TCU four-point favorites at home over under 68 and a half. Uh, I will take Oklahoma State in this game. They've already won a big game on the road at Baylor, so they're more tested in that area. Um, but basically kind of a toss-up type of game, and the Big 12 is just absolutely wide open this season. Yeah, why do we have this game on here? Nobody cares. Nobody Top cares 15 nobody. ball game. I, I get it. Still nobody cares. Nobody in our audience. I'm going to go with Oklahoma State uh, and and uh, Mr. I'm 40. I'm a man. I'm 40. I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to go with <laughs> Oklahoma State as well. Also, it's a big it's a Big 12 game. I don't care what the over-under is. Take the over. So Yeah. That's true. The real college football fans will be uh, excited to watch that one. <laughs> Minnesota at Illinois uh, is our next there game. There we go. An even better matchup. Uh, Illinois, six and a half point underdogs at home over under. This is a big 10 over under. This is not a big 12 over under 39 points. Um, I'm just going to keep picking Illinois. It just seems to kind of work at this point. Um, and I think there's a chance we're looking at that game in November, the week before Ohio State, and that Illinois team is playing for something. But this is going to be an interesting matchup to watch, uh, more so probably for us than people around the country. But uh, I'm interested to see what happens here. Is Mohamed Ibrahim playing? I'm not sure. Yeah, if he's playing. Uh, <laughs> then yeah, but like you know him. they set these lines with the, you know. I get it. Talking yeah. like factoring this stuff in. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm not. A, I'm not making actual bets. So, yeah, I know. Uh, I'm going to say that. Uh, I. You know what? I like Illinois, man. I really do. I like their defense. They're playing. Uh, they're playing tough defense, and uh, Brett Bielema, you know, uh, has has things going there. So I'll take Illinois as well. Yeah, uh, if Tommy DeVito plays, I, I would like Illinois in this game. But Arthur Sitkowski is, is terrible. Ugh. Um. I'm going to go with Minnesota regardless here, but I don't feel good about it. And I'm not considering that pick cannon. I could change it in my picks column. I might see that, but we'll see. Is DeVito not playing? Uh, I don't think they know yet, or it's okay. questionable. Playing it but cool. yeah, yeah. Stichowski is a brutal, brutal quarterback. Yes, he is. Um, Wisconsin at Michigan State. Michigan State, seven-point underdogs at home over under 49 and a half. Uh, I think we'll see some red maybe in the stadium again this weekend, but it's just hard for me to pick Michigan state. Um, this is a better matchup stylistically, I think for them, because, you know, Graham Mertz looked good what last week, but I still am not sold on him as a quarterback. He's had about two good games in his entire career. Um, so I think they have a chance to cover this spread, but I'll take Wisconsin. He's playing a crappy uh pass defense yeah. and they're starting to pick it up. And I think they're defensively, they're going to be sound. I think Wisconsin wins this game by two scores. I don't know that we'll see a lot of red in the stands, but we'll see a lot of silver. That is the silver color of the bleachers there. The um, deep end. Yeah, the deep end, the wood shop, whatever the hell they're calling it now, uh, their catchphrase of the week. I'm a big believer of the up-down theory. Uh, I don't know if it can get much worse for Michigan State, and, and Wisconsin played with an edge last week at Northwestern that it typically hasn't had as of late. I'm, I think Wisconsin will win, but somehow Michigan State will cover this and it will be a competitive game. Okay, there you have it. Uh, taking you into the weekend. We'll talk more basketball next week after we get the uh, Michigan players on Friday for Michigan Basketball Media. Anthony was in Minneapolis for Big Ten Media Day, but we got the bye week coming up, so great time to get to that type of stuff. Uh, subscribe to the channel, like this video, head to the Wolverine.com for all of 
your Michigan football coverage and enjoy the game this weekend, everybody. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.